Hey, welcome to Younger and Older with Jason and Dave. We're excited to be back. This is the show where we tackle issues going on in the day and give you an older perspective and a younger perspective. And so that's what we love to do. And we're here again with you guys. Dave's still old and I'm still young. And uh, we're excited to be jumping into some issues today. Dave, how you doing? Good, good. I did read an article, though, about a bunch of old guys having blood transfusions from young guys to try and become young again. Really? Yeah. They, they, I was reading the article and I'm thinking, as I normally might say, no kidding. Does that come from the phrase young blood? Uh, it might. <laughs> but they did experiments. I mean, they do experiments on mice. Yes. As if all of us are related to mice. Evidently. Yes. As some people look like they're related to mice, I think, but I'm, <laughs> we won't go there. What are you implying? I'm not implying anything. <laughs> I'll let everybody just think whatever they want to think on that one. But here, Google Dave Wager. Here, no, don't <laughs> Google. There's more than one Dave Wager if you Google it. So find somebody that's not me and yell at them. Well, just see which one looks like a mouse in your Yeah, show. that's right. There's, I don't look like a mouse. I didn't imply I that. I do not look like a mouse. Mouse have big, long noses. I have a little nose. That's a big difference. It's true. You do yes. have a Swedish nose. There you go. Now, here, here's what their experiment was. Though they, they took... Now, why they would do this? I mean, do scientists sit around and think of bizarre things to do? I, you would have to. You'd have to. So let's take all the blood out of this young mouse. And I, wouldn't, I don't want to even start by talking about how you take blood out of a mouse. I <laughs> don't want to even go there. But let's, let's take the blood out of this mouse and put it into this mouse. And see what happens. And see what happens. And, and we'll take the blood out of a, a young mouse. Now, I wonder if they like put needles in different parts of the mouse so the old guy's blood goes into the young mouse and the young mouse's blood goes into the old mouse and it's kind of at the same rate. I wonder how that works. Uh, anyway, they, they wow. transferred the blood. Okay. Somehow they took a, it, it, that's what a transfusion is, right? I mean, you get blood from... From a different source. Right. So right. they got a blood transfusion from a young mouse to an old mouse. And here's what they said. The old mouse looked younger. Looked younger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I couldn't even tell you the age of a mouse. By the I know, way. but just so you know, when next time you catch one in a trap, I want you to try and look at them and see if you could tell what age they are. See if it was an old one or a young one. That's exactly what I'm saying. But the, so now there are people who have a lot more money than they actually need in life and know what to do with. Okay. And, and, so they, go and they are getting themselves, some of them are getting themselves blood transfusions So from young people. Does it so make them look younger? That's what they think. But the scientists that I read are saying, nice placebo effect. That they really don't think it matters at all. Sounds like they're putting their money in the wrong area if they want to look different. You know, though, Jason, if you have that much money and you want to do a blood transfusion from a young guy, I guess, what else are you doing with it? Right. That's true. You know, I this think uh, there's a lot of things you could worry about in life. Getting older isn't one of them because that's going to happen. Yes. Although I did read in one of the articles that they-, they You read a lot of articles. I do read a lot of articles. That's good. Um, that they, uh, they think that one day, this one guy that was writing, they think that one day- um, there will be old rich people who beat the system and, and all the poor people will die, but the old rich people will just keep living because they figured out the fountain of youth. Interesting. I don't think so. I don't think that'll work. Because God said, it's appointed unto man wants to die and after that to judgment. That's what God said. I'm going with that for I, now. I would go with that as well. 
Yeah. That seems that seems wise. So there's a lot of stress if you're trying if you're old. Stress. If you're old and you're trying to um, not get old, that's probably pretty stressful, and it probably shows up in wrinkle lines and stuff. I would maybe imagine. that's how we get old. It could be that you're worried about being old and stressed out. What is stress, Jason? What does it mean to be stressed out? I don't know, and I'm asking you. I asked you first. Well, I was just repeating in a in a very inquisitive because way. Everything that's ever been a health issue for me, my doctor has told me it's because of stress. Do you feel stressed? No. <laughs> <laughs> Good response. No, I mean, but that's a great question, you know, because even as I read an article that you shared with me yeah. because you had read the article yep. and it talked about college students mm-hmm. and some of the issues, the top issues that college students face. And at the top of the list, um, not at the top, top, but, to, you know, top couple. Let me guess. Let me guess. Um, um, they don't have fidget sticks. Fidget. <laughs> and they need a fidget stick that's affordable. Can I, can I, from a young, younger perspective, can I correct you? Sure. There's, there's fidget spinners. No, no, no. There's fidget sticks. I saw them last night at the youth club. Fidget sticks. Oh yeah. They got them at Dollar Tree. It's not a selfie stick. No, it's a fidget stick. I apologize. What yeah. is a fidget stick? I mean, you got to get with it, Jason. You got to get out more. You are such more hep than I am. Yeah, you got to get out more. That's all there is to it. A fidget stick is something that is, uh, it's shaped kind of like, uh, uh, what are those things you play? They're not bongos anymore. There's a cooler name for them. A djembe. Yeah, one of those djembe things. Okay. When, you know, they're shaped like a djembe almost, a okay. small djembe that, that's about a finger size. And they flip them on a table, and they try and get them to flip and stand up. So it's more of a game, not necessarily a No, it's a, a fidget, fidget. St- I have no idea. I'm talking to eight-year-olds about these fidget sticks. And we're actually eating a hot dog, and, and, and no, it was last night was Sloppy Joe's. And we're, we're playing on a table trying to get these fidget sticks to stand up. Interesting. So, yeah. So, Back in my day, we had pencils I that wore, we'd fidget with. You know what? You're not happy. I'm sorry. I, I'm, I'm a 61 year old hep guy. You're amazing. Yeah. You, you teach me so. So many is it? So going back to is stress. Is it college kids? They don't have their fidget sticks, so this is bothering them. <laughs> <laughs> so fidget sticks is not at the top of the list. No. Okay. What is it? It was uh, one. Well, one of the top ones was stress for a college student. Define stress for a college student. Define stress. Maybe stress is. I don't know. I'm not making. I'm trying f- to think. I'm trying to think of what I was "quote unquote" stressed. That's out what I'm about. asking. I'm trying to remember college too, and and let's see. Maybe it was the moments where I procrastinated long enough, and so I had a big project due the next morning that I didn't start, and so it was ten o'clock at night, and I decided, hey, it probably is a good point to start this. Um, yeah, that might be part of the stress. Yeah, but it's wow. Well, <laughs> you're struggling. With I, I'm words. struggling because it's like <laughs> you. To me, you just described a responsibility, not stress. <laughs> I mean. Yes, certainly. Certainly, if you're going to stand in the middle of traffic in downtown street of Chicago, there's going to be a certain amount of stress there. This is true, as you watch a taxi. But there's a really great solution to get out of the stress. You know, well, and here's the other thing. You know, I feel like stress is almost a byproduct of other natural things. I mean, you look at the top of the list. So the biggest problem on college campus, number one, was the cost of education. Oh, absolutely. Which I can understand. Yep. It's crazy. That causes me stress. Mm-hmm. So then how is stress a different category? Yeah. I don't know. know. So what is, what, is, what is stress? You know, because I remember even in health class, I'm surprised I remember this, you know, that there's good stress and bad stress. Okay. What's good stress? Yeah. I don't I know. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's when you uh, have too much money. 
and you don't know what to do with it. That would. <laughs> <laughs> I've never experienced good stress. Yeah. So <laughs> that would be like I get paid way too much. I don't know what to do with all my money. I have so much stress in life, and and people going, yeah, I'd like that stress. I, I think there, you know, possibly there is a different kind of stress okay. in life, but when you're talking about stress. I think it's a catch-all word right now for everything. I'm stressed. Yeah, I'm stressed out. That's true. Is, it, is there a way to go through life and not be stressed? Yes. Okay, and that's what we have to look at. Because if it's a number one problem on campuses, and really, I, I, I agree, they, they said there were three problems, the cost of education, stress, and I think alcohol abuse or something. But I, I think if you look at it, you know, alcohol abuse could be a byproduct of stress and and the cause of stress could be the price of college. Because when you look at it on the front side, I think it's hard to justify sometimes the cost of going to college these days. Right. It's crazy. Yeah, and that's, that's even crazier that I said that because I have a master's in education. I've spent my whole life in education and believe in education. But I think that sometimes the costs are getting out of control. Yeah. Um, and I could see how that could cause stress. You, you're doing something. Let, let me ask you, I know we have Nicolay Bible Institute here at Silver Birch Ranch. And I'm a firm believer in that because I think there's a lot of young people who are bringing stress on themselves because they're heading somewhere without thinking about it. So they're getting a college loan. Yeah. But they have no idea where they're going. Right. And there's no way to cure that stress because you don't know where you're going and you're borrowing all this money to get there. Right. And then you're wondering, two years down the road, did I make the wrong decision? Right. Right. And you're going to be somewhat limited when you get out of college because you're going to have to pay all this money back. Right. So now you're somewhat limited in what income you can actually accept. Right. Because and, you and, have another obligation. And based on your, how much debt you collect, it most oftentimes doesn't give you enough to pay off that debt. You're giving me stress here. Are you stressed out? I'm getting stressed That's just good. thinking about it. But, you know, the solution, we're looking for solutions here. I, I want to go, if I can, I want to read something out of the book of Philippians in the Bible. And, and then I want to talk, I think we're going to have to devote a couple programs to this because I want to talk about stress in this segment and program. And I think that's good because I don't want to get stressed out. Yeah, me neither. And then I want to move on to talk about what responsibility is because actually I think being responsible cures a lot of stress. Yes. But it doesn't take the stress away from Responsibility, that's another good word that we could talk yeah. about. So let me read Philippians chapter 4, starting with verse 4. It says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I, I will say rejoice. Who, who's writing this? Paul. Did he have anything to be stressed out about? Oh, man. I, probably. I mean, you look at the life of Paul. I mean, he was beaten at times, thrown into prison. Do you remember um, who was on the throne when he was killed? Wasn't it uh, Nero? Yeah. Yeah. And he didn't like... Uh, Nero was a nut. Yeah, yeah. He was, that's, Starts with N. It's Remember, very generous. It's Nero, very, nut. It's a very <laughs> generous term, <laughs> yes. nut. <laughs> yeah, he goes, Nero and nut go together. It wasn't really a fashionable time to be a believer, a Christian, no. a Christ follower. That's correct. What'd they do to him? Do you remember? To Paul? To Christians in Nero's time. Oh, they did everything. It became entertainment. Okay. They became torches. and Torch, yeah. In the Coliseum, I think. It was that when that was happening, when they were putting them out there? It was around that time. They did a bunch of not nice things. To, so to here you got a guy writing this during a time that I think would be classified as stressful? I would. 
And he says, rejoice in the Lord always. And I've always wondered why he says, again, I say rejoice. Do you think people paused when he said rejoice in the Lord always? I, I would imagine. You if know, he knew his life? Like, right, right. And even knew the, the, what he was living in. You know, it's like rejoice in the Lord always. And they're like, seriously, always? Like, yeah. have you been watching this nutcase? Yeah. Have you ever met anybody who struggled in this life, but they were rejoicing in the Lord? Yeah. It catches you off guard almost, doesn't it? It does. It does. Why is that unusual? Because it's not the way that a lot of us naturally train ourselves to respond. So we're trying to train people to avoid stress rather than how to go through stress. Yes. And our, but I think both sides of those, it's valid. Because if you're, if you're doing something that's irresponsible, We'll talk about that at another time. But if you're doing that, it's going to bring about stress. Right. However, if you're not doing anything irresponsible, you're doing everything you should, it's going to bring about stress. Right. So either way, we're going to be stressed. experiencing stress. So I think what we have to talk about is, number one, there's a side of eliminating the unnecessary stress that you shouldn't, that you're not made to go through. Right. Number two, how do you go through the stress you are made to go through? And if we can figure out those two sides of the coin, I think we can help people who are listening. Absolutely. And I think it's something that would be very applicable to not only us, but all our very listeners. Because like you said, a lot of your health conditions are because of stress. And I think if we were to take a poll of those listening and tuning in right now, that they too would say that they have been stressed out or are stressed out about a certain situation in their, in, in their lives. And so I want to encourage you to, to come back. We're going to take a quick, short break here. This is Younger and Older, and we're talking about stress here on the show. We'll be right back. Hey, welcome back to Younger and Older with Jason and Dave. We've been talking about stress, and so hopefully you didn't get too stressed out during that break. But we're back to talk about stress. And Dave, we've been talking about how regardless of where we're at, we're going to face stress. And that's the reality of it. And it's what we do with the stress or how we face the stress and whether or not we have unnecessary stress in our life. And that's kind of how we ended off that last segment. You're stressing about... me out talking about stress because I'm trying to figure out stress and I'm all stressed out trying to figure out stress. And I am just stressing the stressness of it. You're stressing the stress in my life. That's pretty stressing. I want to unstress. So let's <laughs> de-stress. It's not unstress. That sounds too bad. I'm in distress. You, oh, man. <laughs> we digress. You know what? When I, when, I, when I talk to the doctor and he says, you got too much stress in your life, sometimes I think he's describing a dead person, and that's what I need to be. Just don't do anything. Yeah, I mean, just turn you need to be like thing. this comatose person and nothing will bother you. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, I don't think anything bothers somebody in a coma. You're right. You're right about that. It, there's stress in life. Right. Absolutely. And, it, and, and there's going to be stress in life. Embrace the stress. It makes you a better person. Right. Unless you're irresponsible. Right. Now, let, let me go back. We were talking about Paul. He's living during Nero's time. Yep. He writes this, rejoice in the Lord always. Then there's a semicolon there, and again he says, again I say rejoice. I think he did that because he probably caught everybody off guard. I would, I would agree. And I think we can call, I think I can call people off guard here too. And I'm going to say this to the, our listening audience. No matter what situation you're in right now, you can be stress-free while you go through it. Stress-free. Stress-free. So how do you be stress-free? Well, because. It, it, 
we can face stress at any time, right? Let's look at what he says here. Okay. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. Pause. Yes. I'm a younger millennial. Yes. I don't know that word. I know. So can you. Reasonableness. Um, let your reasonableness, your responsibility, your your moderation. Uh, a lot of times stress is caused. And let me, the, the original word reasonableness means appropriateness, mildness, gentleness. Okay. That kind of thing. Okay. So what happens a lot of times is we overdo things and that causes stress. You overdo something, you go out and you haven't exercised for two months and you go out and run a marathon. You know what I mean? <laughs> You've kind of overstressed your body at that point. Yes, I would agree. So how are you going to feel the next day? Oh man, I felt horrible. Yeah, you did that. <laughs> did I describe you? Well, not quite to that degree, yeah. but I did run a marathon without so, preparing. It, it, you you understand what stress is then? Yeah. Now, and and while you're going through that period of of pain, who are you blaming for this? Everybody else. Yeah, of course. Even though it was <laughs> it's your my fault. It, even though it was your lack of preparation that caused all that. Right. Yeah. So it's it's like this: you need to let your reasonableness in life guide you. Your your appropriateness. If you're going to run a marathon, I'm all for it. But train for it. Right. You you train with you know run. The first day, go out and walk a mile, you know, then work up to running a mile, then work up to three miles or five miles and get a trainer so that you know what to do. It doesn't mean that your body, your body has this good stress where it's going to build muscle and build tissue. I mean, it's going to do that. So there is good stress. There is. And, right. and we got to make sure that we understand that. Right. Um, it's kind of like this. There, there's good pain and bad pain. Right. Uh, when I used to play football, hockey, there were often times where I was getting put back together. And when you're getting put back together, there's a rehab process. When right. you're getting rehabbed, they, they basically um, are telling you to walk on something, but it hurts. Yeah. It's almost like when you go to the chiropractor. Right. Yeah. They, they're doing something, it hurts, but it's good for you. Yeah. That's good pain because it's, it's doing something to help you become what you should become. Right. So you don't stress out about that. Right. It's like, even though it's stress and even though it's pain, it's a good pain, it's a purposeful pain, and you go through that and you enjoy that. So the, the second uh, kind is a bad pain. When I was rehabbing once, I can remember the person rehabbing me basically looked at my face and said, don't do that. Because they could see the pain. Mm. Don't do that. And I, I said, what do you mean? I'm in pain like all the time with, with what you're having me do. Yeah. No, but I could tell it changed. Huh. And what changed? That was bad pain. You know that pain you just felt when you looked at me like that? Yeah, that was bad pain. That will hurt you. Hmm. And I never forgot that lesson. Yeah. So in life, I find the same thing. There is good pain. Right. So um, when you um, got married, before you were married, you weren't married. That's a profound statement. Yep. That's true. So then you got married. I so did. things are different. Yes. So was that stressful at all? Yeah, I would say it was stressful. Yeah, but in a good way. Right. Okay. So right. it's and not that we're say, advocating. Yeah. yeah, there's good stress and bad stress. And I think good stress almost helps motivate you to refine who you are as a person. Exactly. You know, whether it's the good stress to help you, you know, stand up for, you know, whatever. You right. Know, so you're, you've had two children and you have a third one on the way. That's right. Does your wife... Which they're stressful, yes, quote unquote, yes. does, but it's a good stress. Does your wife's body go through any stress during this pregnancy? Yes. As does any woman in... So is, she is saying, yes. boy, this stress, you know, this is just something that we can't handle at all. We should never do. No, she's not saying that. Why? Because there's a great purpose behind right, it. Right. I mean, 
What's really interesting is that pregnancy thing, which you and I don't understand at all. That's very true. But what's interesting is to see all of the things that happen to your wife's body and all that kind of stuff. And yet the purpose of that rearranging of the body and the purpose of the pain and the purpose of the discomfort and the sleepless nights really makes all of that very worthwhile going through. Right. So here's a question. How, as a young person, do I decipher good stress and bad stress? I mean, some of it's obvious. You know, we've kind of thrown out some obvious ones. But how do we decipher good from bad? And then if it is bad, what do I do with that? How How do I fix that? so that I'm not focusing on the bad stress and, and, and dealing with that. Okay, first I think you have to define what, you're, what you want in life. Um, is life. Does God need to give you comfort for you to be okay? No, not necessarily. You know, cause there's but if you things. defined it that way. If you defined it that way. Then, then anything that's... that brought you not comfort was right. stressful. Right, absolutely. So you got to start with the definition. There's that's people true. listening that think if anything in my life doesn't make me happy or is inconvenient or, you know, then... Right, or if I don't have enough money at the time. Yeah, so now I'm stressed. Right, right. Okay, no, that's not how it works. So I think part of it is redefining reality. Right. And and it's, I said this statement once, and, and people were upset on, on whatever media we people look at, social media, that's what it's called. <laughs> yeah. And it was, it was like, I said, God isn't that interested in your comfort. That's right. But he's, but he's interested in comforting. Okay. And so I said, well, he's, of course he's interested. And he gave me all these verses on comfort. No, he's interested in comforting. Right. But you can have cancer and be comforted. Mm-hmm. You can give childbirth and be comforted. Right. You can, you can have a broken bone and be comforted. Yeah. That's different than not having a broken bone, not giving childbirth, not having cancer. I mean, right. So if your only option, if your only option to not having stress is being comfortable, then welcome to the world of stress that's irreconcilable. You're going to have to go do something with uh, illegal or something else to try and get out of this because it's not going to ever work for you because your definition's off in the first place. Right. And I think, and I think that having that understanding then about what life is about then helps you face stress, and that's what Paul gets at. You know, we, we kind of pause in the middle of those verses, um, but we ended off. You know, we talked about how Paul's rejoicing, and we said, "Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything." Right. Don't be anxious about anything. I mean, that's that's a, a huge statement in and of itself for a lot of people because a lot of people are so wrapped up in trying to figure out every aspect of life. Yeah. And when, when you look, it's, it's, it is very interesting because he doesn't say rejoice in the pain. Mm-hmm. He says rejoice in the Lord. Right. Always. So let me, let me ask you this. If you, what would you be rejoicing in in the Lord that would get you through pain? His consistency, his comforting, his faithfulness. Okay. Do you, in my life, I have a situation I can't get out of. I'm narcoleptic. Yeah. Uh, God, I know this. Here's what I know. Here's how I can rejoice in the Lord. I know he can fix it. Right. But he hasn't. Yeah. I don't rejoice in the narcolepsy. Right. I rejoice in the fact that, that God could fix it and the fact that he loves me and he doesn't do random things and that this is right somehow and I trust in what he's doing. Right. 
Do you like uh, jigsaw puzzles? I do. I They're hate, fun. I hate them. Really? I hate them. Why? I hate them. <laughs> Why do you hate puzzles? Why would somebody, Jason, take a perfectly good picture, cut it up, and have you put it back together? Because it, it was already put together once. Well, well, technically not. I mean, it was whole, and then they cut up into pieces. And then exactly, it... and then I got to put it back together. Does this seem like an efficient use of my time? <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> yes, generational issues here. I, I don't, I know I really don't like jigsaw puzzles. Uh, in fact, when my kids were little, it, it, you know, they would do these. It, why do we have to have training jigsaw puzzles? Training? Yeah, you have those little ones with like five pieces and the kids put them together. It's like we're training them so when they get older, they know how to do jigsaw puzzles. Like this is a necessary thing in life. <laughs> it sounds like puzzles stress you out. Oh, man. <laughs> I remember, you know, the girls coming to me doing a puzzle. Hey, Dad, help me. And I take a piece and I just pound it in anywhere. It's like, I don't want to do this. Uh, <laughs> but here's what I've understood. That life's like a jigsaw puzzle. And that's where the stress comes in. And the trouble is that we don't have the cover. We don't know the bigger picture. We don't have the cover. We've never seen the cover. We just get the pieces. See, I don't like puzzles where I don't know what the puzzle's about. Yes. That's, well, we, that's, that's what true. we have. Right. So what we have to do is this, and this gets back to my point in rejoicing the Lord. I know who has the cover. Hmm. Right. And I know that one day he's going to flip it around and it's going to make sense. Yeah. The pieces that I have now that I can't make sense out of that are stressing me out. Right. He's going to flip that cover around when I see him. Right. And I'm going to go, that's how they fit. Right. Now it makes sense. So I can actually rejoice in the Lord. Right. Not in the, not in the puzzle piece. I don't have to rejoice in the puzzle piece. I can say, I hate this puzzle piece. Right. So I can say and not be considered complaining or whiny or anything. I can say, I hate narcolepsy. Mm-hmm. I'm not really despairing or stressing over it. It's just a statement. It's a statement. Right. You know, I think life would be cooler without it. Yep. However, I have it. So I'm going to embrace it, and I'm going to be the best narcoleptic that ever walked the planet. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to learn how to do it, and I'm going to learn how to live with it, and I'm going to learn how to be with it, and, and I'm going to thank God for it. Why? Because what I've realized is that it, I call it, and there's no theology like this, so don't look it up. I call it jigsaw puzzle theology. Jigsaw puzzle theology. Yes. It's like, you know what? I don't get this piece. But this piece will not get me either. It will be a piece that I'm going to leave. In, in my mental state, I leave that piece on the side. Right. And I'm waiting for other pieces to go in place in my life. And one day it can slide over, hopefully. And then it makes sense. And then it makes sense. It's like that 2020 hindsight. Yeah. You know, a lot of times we face situations that in the moment we don't understand. And sometimes it's right afterwards. Sometimes it's years afterwards that we then look back and we're like, wow, okay. I see why that happened in my life. Mm -hmm. And that's when that puzzle comes into spot and God then reveals to us a piece of that bigger picture that helps us understand and, and look back and not only see why that happened, but then understand the growth that we went through because of that. Right. And so the advice I would give you as a younger person is the most important thing that you can do in life is to really get to know God. Hmm. Because when hard times come, you're going to have stress that you can't imagine unless you can rejoice in the Lord, right? not in the problem. And that's the jigsaw puzzle theology. And, and, and here's the thing as we, as we close the show. The rest of the verse, you know, so we're in Philippians 4, 
um, verses, you know, four, five, six, and seven. We said, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and mind in Jesus Christ. And that's that's what we're talking about. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Younger and Older with Jason and Dave. It's a ministry of uh, Relate365, so feel free to go to Relate365.com and download our other shows. We'd love for you to join us, catch up to where we're at in our discussions. We will see you here next time. Later.